Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Hey, um... Hello. Ask me why I drink. Why do you drink? Because you killed half our listeners last week. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking like, killed them. We're laughing nervously. No, I'm not laughing. I'm fucking ready to kill you. No, no. And add you to the list I of... survived the culling. Barely. Um, sorry. The culling, yeah. Sorry to everyone who barely made it out of there with yet another doll story. I don't... Look, I didn't know what I walked into. I just, this is what happens when I do thorough research. All right. This is, this is why this we is need the punishment M we all get. At their like weakest, like yeah. not much sleep, not like fully when formed I, ideas. When I don't try, no one dies. So that's our new <laughs> let's put that on a shirt. <laughs> when I don't try, no one dies. Yep. Or yep. when I try, everyone fucking dies. That will be on the back of the shirt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was rough. And like, I'm just going to be honest and a little selfish here. I'm a little bitter because I had been like saving the Zodiac for so long. And then half the people wrote us like, oh yeah, I quit halfway through M story. I couldn't listen to the episode. And I was like, Ugh, but wait, awkward. my story is in there too. Which is weird. Like we both like threw up. We hit ones. it out of the ballpark. I mean, you did. I just kind of got. I mean, we both did. I just like awkwardly upstaged you without <laughs> knowing. I'm used to I it. I think the Grim Reaper upstaged you. It wasn't. I mean, no I one. I think a certain someone little baby doll upstaged me and I'm not going to be ha upset about it because I he's so handsome. We, um, before we get a bunch of emails, no one has actually physically died. No, correct. No, but knock on wood. I think mentally many have given up. And also, <laughs> also many have crashed their cars. So yeah, oops. everyone just, can we just make it a rule? Just stop listening to us when you're driving. And also like stop losing his downloads by killing everyone. Like, okay. I apologize to you. This this Sorry. time is not a doll. Does that make it better? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people were like, please stop with the dolls. Yeah. I was like, I don't have any say. I did say, I told Allison last night, I was like, between both of those dolls and the, I'm going to say it wrong, the A-Swangs, the A-Song, A-Swangs. I don't, like, we've gotten 8 million people saying, I'm from the Philippines, this is how you say it, and they're different. So, um, between those three, I think I've pretty much nailed it for a while, so I'm, like, down to sit back and, like, Just, like tell chill. some more chill Just stories. Just chill for a little bit. So, if you guys, like, liked the Adrenaline Rush, it's time to take a break. <laughs> like, we're, we're all gonna slow down. It's and then, gonna like, still be creepy, don't worry. It's, we'll pick it back up eventually, but I think I can't handle this energy anymore. And by the way, anymore. since I'm, like, the stepsister of the podcast, like, you can listen <laughs> to mine. You can listen to mine, too. It's a little creepy, I promise. There's murderers there. Yeah. If you, you want. Yeah, I just, um, in hindsight now, should have put a disclaimer. I know, everyone keeps saying, M should have put a disclaimer. 
I'm like, okay, to be fair, well, there was no real... Well, also, to be fair, up until my current research, it's, like, the end of the story was supposed to be a happy one in that, like, oh, he released the souls, and now there's no, like, no way it's haunting us anymore. And then all these people wrote in stories saying, like, oh, I was still affected by the doll anyway. And so I was like, why mm -hmm. are people still feeling this way if the doll was relinquished from these spirits and then eva told us after the episode was released guess, guess what guess guys that apparently guess who messaged us the owner anthony himself not only messaged us but also listened to the episode himself yeah oops sorry sorry that i joked about uh your uh toxic masculinity competitive males in your life oops um but eva told us that she trickled back into his twitter and found out that um apparently oh the process of uh, releasing the souls as i had mentioned and the happy ending i had mentioned actually did not go as planned and there are still things kept within the doll which makes sense why everyone felt things and it kind of paralleled with you telling the story so that's good anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah right before we got on stage uh at our live show this weekend <laughs> yeah like within an hour or two of us being on a stage i saw the tweet from harold the doll himself <laughs> saying hi listening to the episode now it's literally harold the doll's twitter um vomitous vomitous also, also wonderful also and beautiful handsome yes. sexy no wow it's a baby okay <laughs> <laughs> well technically it's like 60 70 years old so not really a baby. technically it's never <laughs> is it too old or too young never ending because it's a demonic presence i don't know how the, that works but i don't know just all i know is i'm crossing my chest biblically I, I don't know uh also by the way speaking of live shows guys before you forget today our tickets for boston our second show go up and this is huge. This is our biggest show ever. It's going to be like just it's, even if you come, are planning on coming to see us at the winery, please buy second tickets yeah. because we have been saying I have been saying nonstop. Yeah, don't blame me that the more tickets that you buy, the bigger venues we get. But then those venues also have to be sold out. So like <laughs> they look like they made a good choice in like trusting that Here's we could get people to we these sold big out venues. Our first Boston show within six a hours. couple hours and a couple people, a couple people, a lot of people have been like, hey, I missed my chance to get tickets. Now's your chance. Go buy them. They're on sale today. Get them before they sell out. Uh, also, I don't know if New York's still available. We just announced New York today as it's thursday today yeah. when we record and so hopefully sunday there's still tickets left um if not just like fly to boston for the weekend and truly please i please 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 come to the boston show know, because freaking out listen it's it's the it's the anxiety within me and i just want to make my mom proud so okay like, all right we're please, all gonna make linda proud come. i want to see that theater as packed as possible and there is the wine opening listen you brought me to inaugural you've, wine you've uh You've driven me to drink. Wow. You're not what the else first. Is new? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. So you can uh, find tickets at andthatswaywedrink.com. Also, as we're saying this, they're still available, but if they are no longer available by the time the show comes out, sorry that there's, we led you on. Then there's more coming. I but promise. then that means you should just go to the Boston one. Um, also, like, just FYI, I've gone back into Twitter and I made a Halloween name. Yeah, I heard. I don't remember what it was. I made a poll and I made everybody uh, vote and then I immediately disregarded everyone's votes you're a lunatic yeah what's your name someone said i love a woman who can topple democracy in one fell <laughs> and i was like me too uh my new name is cryptine she fear there it is and someone suggested that uh i make a uh like a partnering halloween name called a dis m bodied foot and i thought that was really good what would my last name be i guess it looks like it could be spelt skulls skulls 
I don't know. I don't know. I just like disembodied foot. Feet. Yeah, I'm down with that. I thought that was pretty clever. It's especially on on nose on the on, on foot. Yeah. <laughs> stupid, stupid, <laughs> stupid. I regret everything. Um, also, ba ba ba. Oh, Emma, I have something to play for you. Is it the sound of you pouring wine? Because I've heard it before. <laughs> it's the sound of me drinking. It's a sound I know too well. Uh, so I'm going to play this for you now. This is from Kai, um, who sent this to us and said, like, whatever you do with this, um, just like, I hope you enjoy it. And Eva sent it and was like, OMG, guys, listen to this. And I was in a Trader Joe's and I just stopped in the frozen food aisle, set down the basket and just like stared at the floor while I listened because I just was so blown away. Okay, ready? Okay. Sorry. <gasps> I feel like a kid that's like about to give a presentation that he has no You're idea like, oh, about. Listen, we just flew in from Los Angeles, and boy, are my arms tired. Fun fact: he was a wonton. <gasps> listen, English is my first language. Is Tamara home? Sassy with me, Sassy the clown. The clown is showing. Ooh, oh, sweet that boo. Finish your drink, <laughs> and that's why we drink. So that's, <laughs> hang on, I have a lot of opinions. <laughs> I so, died. I, di- I was in Trader Joe's so, and I dropped my fucking groceries. I was so overwhelmed. I have, Okay, I have a lot of opinions. I think, first of all, that needs to be, like, now our official well, opening up. She said, all the like, shows. if you want, like, please use it at shows, but don't feel pressured to. And no, I was like, yes, that's correct. That a thousand percent correct. that's that going to start happening. happening. Also, it has pony in the, oh my God. Are we allowed to use that legally? What? For Pony? Yeah, it's just a live show. It's not like we're... Oh, okay. Um, okay. My net... I... My heart is I know, but believe me, this is the third time I've listened, and, like, every hair on my body and sweat gland is, like, freaking the fuck out right now. My palms are sweaty. Knees weak, arms are heavy. I can't handle this. I feel like... English is my first language. I I feel like at one point... I hate myself. At one point, it just kind of sounded like what I imagined, like... Your drunk memory flashback. Correct. Is like, <laughs> That's me. My memory of it just every episode. Sounded like you traveling back to try and understand any reference. Yes, that is the amalgamation of what I remember from this entire year-long podcast. Genius. I mean, truly. The fact that they found like how don't much be sassy time with me, take? sassy the clown. And then she's like, oh, even if you just listen, like hope you enjoy. And I was like, how much time did oh that take? God. She had to travel back so, to all of those episodes, find the exact clips, and then mash them together perfectly. English isn't my first language. They maybe I don't know. Who sassy Kai is. clown. There's other. Uh, I literally heard myself in there go. Yeah, so that was <laughs> every comfortable. sound that we don't even like make fun of, but that's just so like it's a sound I didn't even know inherent. I made, and now it's in my own theme song. Now they just have to add vomitus, and then we're good. <laughs> <laughs> but I just was so like blown away by that. There's oh that, and then the song finch. I mean, people are so talented. I can't deal with it. I mean, that's. I mean, Kai. I think you just created our like live show theme song. So congratulations. I would agree. He was like <laughs> nodding. He was like, oh yeah, well that's already settled. Yeah. So like, don't worry, we've decided. I don't know how to perform after hearing that. That was. I think we'll both just sit there in silence and be like sweaty i don't know i feel like when i heard the theme song at first i thought you were saying like oh listen to this and i was like i fucking heard this before <laughs> and then all of a sudden i heard like the remix sound and i was like i'm i'm jarred <laughs> yeah listen to our fucking intro music for the 800 millionth time em um okay you Kai? really must have thought i was having a mental break like and you're like okay christine yeah this is very amazing i that, did think that for about a wow. second i was like wow this sounds genius we should make it our theme song <laughs> 
Good okay, job. But actually, we should make that our theme no, song. I, I'm, I'm, okay, good. Glad you're on board because I'm just so into it. And I meant to send it to you this week. And then I was like, well, and it came today. And I was like, I might as well just play it on the show and like see I, a live reaction. No, I'm so stoked for that to actually be. I'm not kidding. That's going to be like in a live show. And now, I purposely right? didn't. Yeah, I think so. Right? No, I'm Let's not, just I'm send not it kidding. To venues. Let's agree to that now. Okay. Eva says thumbs up. Double We're thumbs also going to have to come up with some sort of montage of us talking through it, I think. Like a video, like a visual. Oh, you mean we need to choreograph ourselves to this I intro? Sh- I think it should just be like you drinking wine and then just like we'll just throw pictures of Gio in. I don't know. Me drinking and wine, then, that seems like a lot of And work. then me and Eva like cowering in a corner. Oh, okay. So like the usual. <laughs> yeah. Um, although, remember when we went to the My Dad Wrote a Porno live show and they had like a little intro video? Their intro was the genius. Music. It was hilarious. Their intro, they have like quotes from celebrities talking about how fucking bananas their show is like, and like elijah, rocky flintstone elijah wood is like this is bananas <laughs> yeah and it was like rocky flintstone like author of a generate like they just have this crazy like music yeah. and maybe well, we maybe we make a little show like a slideshow well what they had was they originally started by like it was really really serious and they showed like oh yeah. greatest like cultural events of the world and like chronological it was, like, a time picture of the earth and it was like, like it was intense like, the beginning of earth and then like like, yeah, that's and then, right. And then it's like, like man walks. serious war. Yeah, like man walked on the moon and like Creates Martin Luther fire. King with his I have a dream speech. Yes. And then all of a sudden it turned to like 2015. And then it said, Rocky Flintstone, my dad wrote a point or something like that. Or chapter one, Belinda blinked. And then, <laughs> and, then <laughs> and then like it says like finally porn is live <laughs> you guys genius if you don't listen to my dad reporter you're making a big mistake <laughs> you're really just please. wasting all of your free please, time please you have better things to do and it's called listening to that show and and ours we've already well <laughs> after don't, ours don't leave yet okay yeah after that um anyway so i wanted to <laughs> I'm, I'm flabbergasted okay so i feel like this started off on a great foot yeah now like no pressure that was like as long as you don't bring any fucking demons into the house no i you're gonna like this one yeah you seem really peppy what is it because i decided that we've had quite a lot of bad juju lately <laughs> oh really in my fucking it's like <laughs> Bla- we, blaze was at the live show and was like and i get i realized on stage that i had never mentioned like by the way we fucking talked about this haunted demonic doll and the emf reader went crazy and it's probably in our house six feet from our and bedroom a painting got thrown at me. and a painting got thrown off the wall and i mentioned a bla- or i've said on the stage like oh like i was like yeah now there's a demon in christine's house and i was like oh yeah blaze sorry i haven't like told you and <laughs> okay, like, we should talk about this serious, and everyone laughs and i was like no that like really i haven't it's told like him. no but really blaze is getting a second beer <laughs> blaze is like bring more anyway. um also i've mentioned it a lot to allison she has not asked a single question i'm kind of offended about I'm like, what like i've brought up the like shit is officially happening in this room when we tell oh. these stories but see blaze doesn't care either like he hasn't asked me one question either why are and we he, with people that don't care here. that's why we have to that's pay how we eva found each other pretend. dummy because oh, yeah. we didn't have people who pay you to... yeah uh, <laughs> also that um <laughs> we no. have to pay money to make people care about <laughs> these things is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer maybe your child is too shy to ask questions in front of the entire class but they can get extra help and positive feedback with ixl learning IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. This program will improve your kids' grades. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. From studies done in almost every state in the country, the kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. And one subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. 
If your child is struggling, this is the smartest investment you can make, and a month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring. Additionally, IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And then that's why we drink listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com drink. Visit IXL.com drink to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Shopping for humans is hard, but shopping for your dog is easy thanks to Bark. Every month, they deliver toys and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled. At Bark, they send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's their fun plush toys from BarkBox or their ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, they give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, they'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com drink. That's right, you can sign up now at BarkBox.com drink for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. Okay, so you're going to like this, and everyone's going to like this, and everyone's going to breathe, and everyone's going to hang out and have a good time. I fucking hope so. Because we have had a lot of bad juju, and I was like, okay, we need to tone it down. Em- or Eva brought a fucking like, cinnamon broom from um, Trader Joe's. The the room smells We're like We're desperate fall. for anything like, and all. comfort. She literally brought like wine and cinnamon, like just everything comforting. And Christine gave me a sandwich. So, like I'm very zen right now. <laughs> I was like, here, let me present you with this. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So... We are going to do, I'm just, it's not one whole story, but it's a series of different stories I found on the internet that I'm going to read. Ooh, I like these. And a little bit of history in the beginning, but I'm, it's a culmination, if you will, of friendly ghosts. Uh, oh my God. You literally went and found friendly ghosts. And this who is, is friendlier Casper. than Casper? Yay! So here's the history of Casper the Friendly Ghost. That movie made me cry though as a kid. Oh yeah. Actually, it's like actually deep lip setting. Let's not talk about it. Or do we have to talk? Well, about we're, it? we're gonna. Uh, okay. Okay, but we're starting like sixty years before that movie. Okay. Great. <clears throat> so, wow, I don't think I know anything about this. I, I mean, it's not as wild as I wished it was. I was thinking like, oh, this is gonna get weird. I don't know why. I just hoped for it. I mean, you always say that about everything. It wasn't as weird as I wanted, but it's still kind of cute and adorable and a little dark. There is a twist. Okay. It's gonna. You'll have a you good guys, time. Just listen. It's worth it. So Casper was created in the late 1930s by two friends named Seymour and Joe. A.K.A. M and Christine. Yeah, I like how you knew what I was getting I at. Mean, I mean, I did, like, and I didn't want to interrupt because I've interrupted eight times already, but I did anyway. It was originally going to be a children's storybook that was supposed to come out in 1939, but there was little interest, probably because of the Depression. Uh, so <laughs> Kids love dead people. People Wait, were already pretty upset. We're in poverty. Okay. No, uh, no there just wasn't a lot of interest. So... One of them had to go off and fight in World War II, and he was like, okay, we'll release the book when I come back. Oh, boy. And while he was gone, his friend sold the rights to Paramount. Shut the fuck up. So Casper, the rights to Casper got sent to Paramount Pictures Animation Division, and in 1945, there was a cartoon short created called The Friendly Ghost. Aww. In this adaptation, Casper originally had a New York accent. (laughs) I love that. Love a good fun fact. Love a good fun fact. Love a good paranormal fun fact. Fun fact. In some of the shows, because it it was called The Friendly Ghost. It wasn't called Casper the Friendly Ghost. Okay. So they would say, like, The Friendly Ghost featuring, like, Casper the Friendly Ghost. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Or in some of the other shows, they would, or in some of the, like, I guess when they were testing it out, 
Um, the credits also changed originally to The Friendly Ghost featuring Casper's Friendly Ghost, which is kind of a little more fucked up in my mind. It just makes it reminds me that he's not like he was previously human. Right, right. He, <laughs> Casper was an entity and then now he this has is a Casper's ghost. Ghost because he has died. Okay. If we if I die first and we're still in the middle of this podcast, <laughs> can you start featuring me as uh, M's ghost? M's. And then we'll just have the EMF kind of I won't out. necessarily add the, the word friendly, but we'll see. <laughs> Um, hungry is more like it's hungry ghost <laughs> um so the original story is not what i expected okay the original story has casper living in a haunted house a communal haunted home along with a community of adult ghosts who enjoy scaring the living so think of like hey arnold if you yeah. will um <laughs> i like, like yeah i get it i know i know but does it make sense <clears throat> sure um <laughs> it's like a like a hey arnold living scenario but ghosts sure so he lives with a bunch of random adults all in one building Okay. But they're all ghosts and they, for sport, scare people. Okay. Um, okay, okay. He okay. decides one day that he is done with scaring people. So he packs his bags and leaves and hopes to have a change of heart and begin to find friends instead of scare them. Casper, what an angel. Nonconformist. Right. So they, the original story is he wanted to go find friends and so he tries to find animals to be Aww. friends with, but everyone that sees him gets scared and runs away. Gio will be your friend. Oh, no, he's a Scorpio. I don't know about that. Gio will. <clears throat> I said it and I was like, I am lying and I know it. <laughs> <laughs> so very upset that nobody wants to be his friend. Casper attempts suicide. What? Reminder, he's already dead. So I don't know what his Hold game plan on. was. Like he what? wasn't. He didn't think it through. But anyway, he tried to commit suicide. Uh, okay. He attempts suicide by lying down on a railway track. Very 30s way to die, by the way. Wait. I've seen this. Have you? Yes. I have this on VHS. Because everything you're saying, I'm just like, yeah, it's I like remember flooding this. back. Yeah. Does it sound kind of like that theme song where it's all like kind of in and out? I hear the train. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, English <laughs> is my first language. <laughs> no, I remember him laying himself on the train track and he had like a stick and yeah, bag a, thing. a bindle. It's called yeah. a bindle. Oh, a bindle. Yeah. He had a bindle and he, um, like laid on the train track and when i was like seven my mom's like here enjoy this film and he's like uh, here's a ghost trying to be dead again um because the afterlife is still not what you want like, even after you die it's still not great your spirit <laughs> will always be restless and um, never happy yeah exactly so <laughs> and that is our podcast so he attempts suicide by lying down on a railroad track the fuck? before an oncoming train and before the train comes he meets two little kids named bonnie and johnny right and they were the first two people who were not afraid of him. Aww. <clears throat> so Bonnie and Johnny take him home. I love Bonnie and Johnny. And their mom, uh, it's suggested that they're very poor, by the way. Okay. The mom is at first scared of Casper, but while he's there, he accidentally scares the landlord. <laughs> <laughs> and the landlord is so scared to have a haunted home that he rips up the mortgage. Oh my God. And just gives them the house. And so then all of a sudden, Bonnie and Johnny's mom is stoked to have a free home and then takes Casper in to be one of the family. I mean, okay, you at that point, you can't turn him away. So that's the original, original and story, still, I think. Please tell me he still has a New York accent in that <clears throat> film. I think in that one he did. That would be great. He did in the first couple shorts, because I actually went back and watched a few of these last night. Oh, you did? Did you see that one? Cause that, no. That was in front of, like, a Casper movie, and they played, like, one of the original... I'm precious sure. yeah like, precious by the way but it was so fucked up that like it traumatized <laughs> me because it was like now he will kill himself anyway now watch this fun casper 2002 movie <laughs> <laughs> so casper later appeared in two more cartoon shorts 
both of which I watched. One was called A Hunting We Will A Haunting We Will Go. That's the one. Okay. So maybe that's the name of Sorry, the first one. That's the one that the movie was of, and then they played that other one before mm. the Haunting We Will Go. Yes. And then the other one, which was my personal favorite, was called Good Booze Tonight, which is also Christine's theme every night. <laughs> um <laughs> And in Good Booze Tonight, <clears throat> which we have, I, I think, I've seen that one. since the 30s, I think we've, you've renamed it to just Trader Joe's Boxed Wine. Good Booze Every Night. Uh, the tone is very dark, as the original one was. It's like, it's sad, but it's also oh, kind of adorable. Is it with the other ghosts? No. Oh. You need to calm down. I'm telling the story I'm here. so amped. Sorry. Um, so he, again, basically the theme since the 30s has been Casper's trying to find friends, but everyone's afraid of him. So yet again, in this episode, the same thing happens and he tries to make friends. Everyone's afraid of him until he meets this little fox out in the woods and the fox is very, very cute. And basically they decide that they're best friends. And then a hunter comes and tries this to is, shoot the fox. This is the one that traumatized me. Casper also named the fox Ferdy, um, Fergie with a D. Basically, Casper tries to scare the hunter away so that he'll stop chasing Ferdy. But alas, Ferdy is shot or dies from exhaustion. They do not say which one. But in the middle of the chase scene, he passes they, away. They kill the fox. They kill his one and only friend that he's ever had who is never afraid of him. I mean, it's really it's really fucked up. But, you're actually bringing a lot of childhood trauma back into my life. I was trying to do something fun. I know nice you were. And now you're talking about... Well, so it's like morbidly adorable. I'll you're call right. it a morbidly... No, yeah, nope, okay. A morbidal. I mean, I'm there with you, but... <laughs> um, I don't know if anyone else will be, but I'm there. So then he... Next to his own grave, because Casper lives in a graveyard, next, and he sleeps by his grave. And next to his grave, he makes a little grave for Ferdy. And then that night, when Casper is crying about Ferdy, the ghost of Ferdy crawls out of the ground, and Casper and Ferdy, now both ghosts, are eternal friends. I will never forget when he's crying, and he, like, rubs up on him. Yep. And he, like, looks, opens. It's very tragic for a five-year-old, but in, like, my fucked up brain, where I'm, like jaded to well, all this now, stuff now it's precious you're right now it's like just <laughs> you know? so sweet but back then i remember being like they just shot that sweet little dog fox and then the ghost is like sobbing because it's his only friend <laughs> and oh he has to go back to his grave where he lives and now the fox is buried in a grave <laughs> next to him like it was so traumatizing i mean i'm not saying it's still 100 percent awesome <laughs> i mean i'm not saying everyone you know? who's over the age of 35 is like so beyond fucked up because of <laughs> the media they consume but whatever <clears throat> so in early shorts um such as that one casper lived next to his grave the grave itself was inscribed with casper so that is a different storyline than the more recent storyline basically kids um began looking for an explanation around the 40s or 50s once casper started getting really big they started asking questions about how he became a ghost. Oh. And they were like, "What? how did he That's die? That's a fair question. How did he die? Why is he a ghost? But then they didn't want to say, hey, the main character of a children's show like has a tragic past. Sure. So in the 60s... Oh, but he tries to kill himself, but that's okay. Right. I think they like <laughs> nixed that <laughs> off of the I screen. I think a couple decades later, maybe they <laughs> They brought it back up. later. <laughs> No, so in the 60s, they released an announcement explaining Casper's being a ghost. Holy shit. But you can tell they didn't want to say, like, <laughs> oh, he had to have died to become a ghost. So their, <laughs> it, their reasoning for him being a ghost was, Casper is a ghost because both of his parents were ghosts and they were married. 
basically <laughs> birds and the bees. That's like the laziest way for a parent to even describe like how a child a mommy is born. ghost and a daddy ghost loved each other so much that they got married first and then had a baby ghost. And it just was there. <laughs> There's no other explanation. So, um, so I, I say that I love he, just like they had, he had married parents. That's the moral Which, by the, of the way, story. we never see. We have, he has married parents that abandon him. But that's the, the sole purpose <laughs> of this whole story. So, um. Holy shit. So people were wondering, okay, is he, is he a ghost because mommy and daddy made a ghost? Or is he a ghost because he <laughs> died no. at a young age? Um, and is now like restless forever. And is now right. a restless ghost. So people were comparing original storylines. And originally, although they put out that statement saying he was born a ghost. Right. Because he has his own grave that's inscribed with Casper on it that he lives next to. It suggests that he had to have died for there to be a grave. Like a real life. Right. So. Good point. He also, they, uh, a different, another thing about how they've changed the storyline since is that in our upbringing of Casper in that movie, everyone yeah. saw Casper as a ghost, like saw him as a see-through yellow or see-through white ghost, like a shape of a, like ghost. a translucent right, right. ghost shape. Um, but originally he was invisible and he needed to disguise himself to be seen by human eyes because in a lot of the episodes he would have to dunk himself in paint or put on a tablecloth. Oh. And then once he scrubbed them off, he would be invisible. Right. Okay. Which is actually more sad in my mind because that means he was so lonely that just, he wanted people to see him. And they would just get scared, but he just wanted... For, it's really fucked up, you guys. But in, like I said, in the live action movie in 95, people were able to see him without any visual help. And so... And they also address his death. So... I don't think I ever saw that movie. You never saw... No, I only saw the VHS of like the 60s version or 50s you never version. saw the christina ricci version christine you would cry so hard that's such a great movie you guys when i watched casper as a kid he was like trying to commit suicide and so when i the movie came out and i was well i think all the people who were raised with that realized how fucked up it was and then they grew up and went and they to were the like, film ministry and created it. this and i version. think at that point i was already like listen i can't even watch anymore okay, well, we'll, we'll watch that together maybe we should okay let's, let's just say we're going to so we don't get so many emails <laughs> No, I will. Um, I will. I will. No, it's it's actually one of my favorite Halloween movies. I remember movies. it being out, and maybe I did see it. I just don't remember it as You'll well really as... like it. I promise you'll like it. Um, I, I think I I might have. I don't know. But I'll watch it. So. Uh, we'll have a Halloween sleepover. This isn't, like, ruining anything for you. Um, don't, no spoilers. <laughs> but, uh, but so, in what I assume is that the people that watched the 30s version realized how fucked up it was, and so grew up and created the 90s version the movie that you and I would have grown up with mm -hmm. Casper is visible to the naked eye. Right. And they address his death, which is at 12 years old, Casper McFadden got a sled for Christmas from his father, JT. Oh my God. This is already <clears throat> sounding dark, but okay. he went out. Uh, he was so excited about his sled that he went out sledding all night long after it was dark. And when he came back, he got a cold and died from pneumonia. Okay. I was like, did he crash into a tree? Like this really sounds like it's going to be worse than it is. So, <clears throat> that was how he died. Not that it's... God, never mind. So, in the 1950s, there was a series called Casper the Friendly Ghost, which is probably the most notorious version of him. Oh, boy. And then the 1960s on ABC, there was another show called The New Casper Cartoon Show. People were into this in the, like, what, 40s through 60s? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I'm that's... like, psychologically analyzing this. But so that's the... Um, 
footnotes with Casper the Ghost. Wowza. That's a footnote. Leave it to my German parents to be like, no, you don't need to see this fun 1994 (laughs) version. Oh, no, it's a blast. You need to see the version where he tries to kill himself and also his friend gets shot. I like how there are two options and they were like, no, no, let's go. And my parents were like, I know you are alive in 1995, but instead. (laughs) Let's keep it basic. Why don't you just keep rewatching this one where his friend gets shot? So I think I've also addressed this, but for the sake of talking about friendly ghosts and trying to bring some uh, knowledge about everyone listening. I think I have brought this up, but I want to say it again because I still think it's interesting and I didn't cover it very in depth last time. Mm -hmm. But the history of the word boo and why ghosts say boo. No, I don't think you've... I think maybe we said this... Maybe I said it to someone. You might have told me. I just don't remember. So... um, I'm very curious. The earliest written record of boo comes from 1738. When someone's like, you're my boo. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was was actually... I'm sorry. I regret it. (laughs) That wasn't even 1938. (laughs) That wasn't even 2015. <laughs> I regret it. So um, in 1738, an author named Gilbert Crocat, he says that boo was the word used in the north of Scotland to frighten crying children. Why? What? Are- <laughs> what? Why are you frightening crying children? They're so already frightened. The cycle of trauma begins in the <laughs> 1700s. 1700s. Okay, great. So like probably 200 years later when Casper came out, they were like, oh, this is nothing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, um, <laughs> holy shit. The Oxford English Dictionary says that boo comes from either the Latin word boar. I know I'm fucking it up, guys. B O A R E. Boar? 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 Or the Greek boane. Okay. And both of them mean to cry aloud, roar, or shout. So, literally, when, when a ghost says boo, they're actually saying, I am yelling. Or, or I am like, I am roaring. Roar! Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am roaring. Got it. <laughs> I kind of love that. I am roaring. I am loud. But that actually, <laughs> that kind of relates to Casper. I feel like he's like, I don't know how to be scary. I am. I'm friendly. I am loud. Help. I am loud and friendly. I want a friend. So um, just wanted to throw that in. And I can't remember when I've no, said I that before. I mean, maybe you've mentioned it, but I don't think we've like. I looked chatted. it up. I know I looked it up for a preview show. And I don't know if it ever got into that episode. So I'm saying it now. So sorry if you had to hear it twice. But I'm not because I wanted to hear it again. So I gave you some info about Casper and I gave you the history of Boo. I'm now going to read some of the stories of other friendly ghosts that have been documented. I love this. This is like Halloween-y, but not like super creepy. You know, it's like, listen, we none of us need any more creepy. (laughs) No, I tried to find things where everyone would go. Oh, so far, not (laughs) really successful. You've like (laughs) traumatized, re-traumatized me, but it's okay. It's not my fault. I don't know what a German upbringing is until I mention something. We talked about Krampus. You should know. You should know. I was asking for that one, but Listen, I'm going to see my therapist on Tuesday. We'll chat. It's fine. <laughs> I'll get over it. <laughs> so um, this is a house I'm going to cover eventually, so I'm not going to really harp on it. But um, there's one house in Memphis called the Woodruff Fontaine Mansion. Ooh, it sounds and fancy. It is. It's on like millionaire acres or something. Uh, it's oh, like, sure. That sounds like a Monopoly street. Um, so a woman who lived there, her name was Molly Woodruff, and she is apparently a very friendly ghost. Ever since she lived there, the mansion has now become a museum. And once the house became a museum and she had passed away, people started to notice that she was around because they would be given gentle directions through the house if they were lost. Oh, my God. They would feel someone guide them by their elbow. Wow. She will comfort lost children. Oh, my goodness. She will clean the rooms and make the beds. Okay, now I really am into this. (laughs) 
that is as far as I want to go into that currently. I, I do <clears> love that. <throat> and I feel like since I'm someone who gets lost even in my own home, like right. it'd be really handy. To be fair, you have quite a tricky home. Like when I, when you right. first moved in, it took me a couple times People to figure out the way out. into like closets instead of the bathroom. Well, yeah. it looks like there's a closet in one bathroom and then it leads to a different hallway. Yeah. My brother's it's, it's wild. connected. It's very weird. It's yeah. almost like secret passages, but not really. We can pretend. Also, you have like a cellar that absolutely someone died in. All right. Come on. Um, <laughs> stop freaking. Remember we're doing happy ghosts. Let's, uh, oh, yeah. we're not talking about the like weird Crayola sketches from the thirties that are etched into your to basement be door. Fair, Walt and Gabe are very friendly ghosts that are here. So there's another spirit named Avery that lives in Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. Yeah, there you go. So there's a spirit named Avery in Louisville. I'm trying too hard in the pink palace. Ooh, he protects those who live there. Like if, if you're ever in danger, oh, he'll warn nice. you beforehand. So one woman said that she ran out of her bathroom because she got scared when she saw him. But had she not seen him, she would have been within like the distance and within the range of a giant stone that got violently thrown through her window and would have killed her. Shit. Um, So she got like warned away from Like he intentionally scared her so she would leave and not be within. Holy shit. Why? Wait. Okay. Was it like a person throwing it? Was like from the wall i don't know the backstory i just know someone threw a a stone and he protected her from getting hit wow okay oh and also a lot of the residents there have been warned of fires before they actually broke out oh shit um which is is like an apartment or is it like it's like it's like a i think a complex oh okay and then there's another ghost from the civil war named jenny jenny wade and she was a midwife this is by the way if i'm ever gonna be a ghost here it is you're gonna be a midwife calm down (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like i wouldn't think you'd want just to. hang in there you'll 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 let me know when you find the part i'm talking about so, i made him mad you guys jenny <laughs> this is what you get for last week <laughs> so jenny wade was a midwife during the time of the civil war and she would make bread for the soldiers every morning oh um one morning she was struck by a stray bullet <gasps> and died fuck while she still had bread dough in her hands <gasps> holy fuck after that day people not only see her but they smell bread baking. Aww. They can hear her kneading dough. And when she appears, it's often to people who are sad. Mm. And she will give them hugs and rub their back. And bread? And I, No, she eats the bread. <laughs> that's what I would do as the that's ghost. That's really sweet. Don't rub my back if you're a ghost. Sorry. I know that's... But wait. you know she's got good... She's quite the she's masseuse. Kneading. She knows how to that's knead dough. That's a very good like, point. Em. She knows how to rub a back. You're making an incredibly good point. So, and here's the one you're gonna love for the rest of your life and you're gonna wish she could get a whole story i'm so ready <laughs> this is the pinnacle of and that's why we drink oh everybody <laughs> here it is stop pull over your car <laughs> take out a notepad this is the pinnacle in 1897 it's like when the professor says this is gonna be on the quiz you guys Just pay attention <laughs> no but really this is like <laughs> if our our paranormal and true crime venn diagram i've found the center oh shit okay i'm ready in 1897 a woman named Elva Zona Heaster Shoe. Okay. Okay. I'm on board. She was found dead in her home. Oh, okay. Not good. Her death appeared to be complications from pregnancy. Oh, shit. But after she died, her mother began getting dreams that Elva was visiting her. Oh, fuck. In her dreams, Elva would tell her the death had not been natural <gasps> and that her husband, Edward, was to blame. Oh, my God. I have chills. The ghost said... That Edward had broken her neck and he was regularly abusive in their relationship. Somehow, 
I don't know how, but the mother, I mean, obviously the mother took it seriously, but she went to the police and talked to them about this. They believed her. This was a very understanding community for 1897. <laughs> the police believed her psychic dreams. That's So they exhumed the body wow. and found out that the neck was broken and the windpipe <gasps> had been collapsed. Holy fuck. So Elva's husband, Edward, Holy was found shit. guilty of murder and sentenced to life in prison. And it's the only time a ghost testimony has ever been used in convicting a murder. Holy shit. And that will be on the quiz. I have this. I, I have a storybook mark called Ghost convicts murder or whatever and like i remember maybe like two years ago i found it like before when we were first starting the show and it's my first bookmark in our folder in our and that's what we drink and i remember reading it being like oh this isn't really like enough of a story for me to do like maybe em will bring it up sometime it's all coming back now because it's the first it's like first time ghost convicts yeah murder or whatever and i remember thinking that there's not enough for me to do a story on and i didn't even know the story i just remember thinking like i'm just gonna keep this because people keep sending it to me <laughs> and now it's here it's made it so now i've got um quick little stories that i found online of other this people that enjoyed ghosts bonkers dude i am just this is my jam so these are other friendly ghosts this is actually i think this is all from one website i think it was like a, a list of like top 10 stories so I'm going to be reading them verbatim because this is how they were typed into that into that account. Cool. So in case anyone's wondering. Okay, so one of them says, My best friend was new to the area and her brother committed suicide within the first few days of their move. I had never actually met him, but one day she says, My brother would have really loved you. Hmm. I asked her what he looked like and she told me he always made her feel better when she was down. When she would go to her room and cry, he'd come sit on her bed and pet her hair until she went to sleep. Ever since my first visit to that house, I would feel a presence in the room, a pressure on the bed, and someone stroked my hair until I fell asleep. Mm. So that's kind. It's kind. Another one is, my son was four and a half and his sister was 18 months. I said I was really sorry I wouldn't be able to read them a story that night as I had a meeting to go to, but I would read two the following night to make up. My son said, it's okay, mama. Auntie Tracy will read to us. Oh, my God. I said, who? And he said, Auntie Tracy, Mama. She looks just like you. After we go to bed, she reads and sings. She reads and sings to us. I had never told them that I was an identical twin and my sister was still bo stillborn and her name was Tracy. Um, holy, Isn't that nice? Holy God. That's so nice. <laughs> oh, my God. Another oh my one God. says. Aren't you going to say hi to Uncle Chris, said uh, my three-year-old. Oh, Jesus I Christ. Good start. Aren't you going to say hi to Uncle Chris, said my three-year-old, when I was watching her jumping on the trampoline. Uncle Chris drowned in the lake nine years ago <gasps> before she was ever born, and nobody talks about him in my family. Oh, my God. I asked her where he was, and she pointed to the garage and said, he tells me to be careful when I'm jumping. I am. I can't. I... Holy shit. Isn't that awesome? Yes, it is awesome. See, look, look at all the good feelings we have now. Yay. I know we need more of this in our lives. Um, this one kind of nice, kind of fucked up. When I was around six years old, my dad's best friend committed suicide. We'll call him Joe for the sake of the story. Joe's sister apparently had been blaming Joe's wife for her brother's suicide. Mm. A few days after Joe committed suicide, his widow called up my father sobbing about how she thought it was all her fault. <sighs> after about an hour of trying to console her, my dad said, if there was a way for me to talk to Joe right now, I guarantee you he would tell you that he loved you and that it wasn't your fault that he ended up that he ended his life. Crying, she still didn't believe him, but thanked him for the kind words and let my dad go. 
My dad walks into my room and he notices a whimper. He turns around, enters my room where he sees me crying while sleeping. Oh my God. My dad enters my room and says, Matt, what's up? Why are you crying? It's then that I stop crying for a moment, look up at him with teary eyes and say, Rick, it's not her fault. I love her. It's not her fault. With that, I stopped crying, rolled over back into my bed and went back to sleep. Now I'm going to cry. Oh my God. But also possessed child. So, I mean, so terrifying, <clears throat> but also comforting, question mark. Another one is my three-year-old nephew was at my cottage. He's asked me numerous times about the girl over there oh, while God. pointing at one of my back bedrooms. Oh, the place is small and there is definitely nobody there. So I just dismiss it as if he has a really active imagination. Then some friends were visiting and they have a daughter around the same age. She had never met my nephew, so they have never spoken. Twice in one day, she asked about the pretty girl while pointing in the exact same oh, room. Oh, my God. And she said the pretty girl really loves us. Then at Christmas, my family was over at my place, and my nephew pointed at a picture of my wife and <gasps> said, is the pretty girl finally coming to visit us at this house, or does she just stay at the cottage? <gasps> my wife died 10 years ago. Holy fuck. What the fuck, Em? Why are you doing this? <laughs> <clears throat> Another one is... When I was running a youth exchange program, one of my host families had twin daughters about five years old at the time. One of the girls could see people's auras and also fairies that lived in the plants in and around the house. Mom totally believed, but the dad didn't. One morning when the dad was alone, he said to the plant in the kitchen, Hey, if you're real and good energy and you mean no harm to us, at dinner tonight, tell my daughter to tell me the word green. That night at dinner, his daughter was looking at the plant as usual, then came over to her dad and said, Daddy, the fairy wanted me to tell you green. No way. The <clears throat> fuck? Then I wanted to close on a celebrity one. Uh, oh, interesting. Dale Earnhardt Jr. <laughs> My favorite celebrity. <laughs> the one we love on this podcast. Believes that a ghost saved his life after a serious crash in 2004. Really? During a race, his car spun off the track and hit a wall catching on fire, and footage shows that the driver was sitting motionless in his car as it burst into flames, but then crawled out of the car on his own. However, he was later making a statement and said, when I wrecked the car in 2004, it caught fire and somebody pulled me out of that car. I thought it was a, a worker because I felt somebody put their arms under my armpit, their hands under my armpits and pull me out of the car. I did not get out no matter what the footage says. I remember going to lean forward to try and climb out and someone stopped me by grabbing me under the armpits, mm. pulled me up over the door bars and then let me go until I fell to the ground. Holy shit. But the footage says otherwise, but he's like, that did not happen, which yeah. is weird. I mean, I mean, you've heard of things before where they can like manipulate um, technology. So that's fascinating. Yeah. And the, the fact that like, he's not like, oh, adrenaline, like hoisted me out of the car and i pulled myself out it's like you yeah. know someone else was there yeah and they say like i've read stuff about like you know when people say i heard my you know when i was close to death or whatever i heard like a voice saying like you have to live you have to survive or whatever yeah and i've like read like different stories of like oh that's your own like um survival instincts like kicking yeah. in and like kind of creating like a you have to survive right and, like, whether that's, like, a guardian angel or just your own, like, consciousness, I think it's really fascinating. But the fact that, like, it was a physical manifestation of that is just... And, he, I mean, he, like, remembers someone, like, right. hoisting... I mean, a, a large man out of a burning car. Like, you don't just, like, 
kind of drag someone out. Like, you really have to... Right. He said he pulled them out of, like, basically the window. Oh, my God. I wouldn't even be surprised if you didn't even remember that, and let alone, like, oh, no, there was another person there. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. But, yeah. Glad you survived, Dale. <laughs> Holy shit. Anyway, there are some friendly ghosts. Em, what the fuck, dude? No one can be mad at me anymore. I remember people used to say that I always said, what the fuck, Em, like, through the stories. And I was like, I don't really say that. In the last three weeks, I've said that <laughs> phrase more than I have in, like, the yeah. entire series of the show. I asked for it, so. I mean, you've kind of set yourself up for that. All right. All right. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back. Um, so Em was like, hey, let me show you some happy ghosts. And then made us watch the Casper thing that traumatized me as a child. So we're here and I'm in a great place <laughs> mentally. And uh, listen, we're not going to call my therapist, but just talk about your murder. Kay. That'll make you feel better. Will it? Hmm, I don't think so. This is the story of Jack Gilbert Graham. I do not know him. It was not the one. Okay. He was like, I think I know who you're going to talk about, but maybe not. 
Guess so we not. don't. No. Okay. Got it. Got it. <laughs> nice try, Eva. Because I just mentioned that I had originally heard the story on my favorite murder like a year ago or over a year ago or something. Gotcha. And so she was trying to like play back and see if she could guess it. So this is the story of Jack Gilbert Graham. I, like I said, heard about this on my favorite murder a long time ago, then stumbled upon it and watched um, an episode of Investigation Discoveries, A Crime to Remember mm-hmm. on this topic, season one, episode four. And um, it is a wild ride. Can't wait. As Emmyons. So <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Maybe we should start switching off who goes first, because I feel like every time I go, you're already like, you know what, though? If this is the last time we're doing this at night, though, if we do it during the day, I'm not going to be yawning. Fair. So 87 episodes in. Finally, we I won't. The case. Finally, I won't yawn through my story. OK, <laughs> this is a story of John Jack Gilbert Graham. He was born on January 23rd, 1932. Shit. What? I didn't do a horoscope. I put it at the end and then I didn't search it. Oh. Is he a, he's a Capricorn? No, that's not Capricorn. That it's is Aquarius. Aquarius, yeah. Um, thank you. If you could find one that kind of like fits this. Like, uh, you're the best. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so he is an Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love a good Aquarius though. I do love an Aquarius. Yeah, me too. I feel like Gemini and Aquarius are a good match. Gemini's like the A's and the L's and don't like the S's. Right. But apparently, whatever. Yeah. Aquarius is good. Aquarius is good. Let's just leave it at that. Um, so he's born in Del- Denver, Colorado, 1932. He was born as the second child of Daisy Graham during the height of the Great Depression, which, by the way, we've talked about the Great Depression more than... We've literally... I think we <laughs> talked about the Great Depression for about 20 minutes before we started recording. Then I brought up the Depression yeah. in Casper. And now yeah. I'm bringing up the Depression. All the way... Uh, all the way by the way i found out from my father um a while ago i think i'm i this may or may not be right but um my great grandfather and his family during the depression sold pencils and like half-eaten apples like apple cores right just to make a a penny or two what a wild story yeah i i cannot imagine can you imagine them like selling apple cores instead of road and being like Someday our our uh, descendants our descendants will sit in a fucking room with air conditioning, <laughs> eating candy, and talking about like how horrible my life uh, was right. while nervous laughing. <laughs> ha ha ha! Like talking about hilarious ghost cartoons that traumatized everyone. Right, right, right. They're oh. happening at the same time as those. How fucked up, man. Um, so he was born during the height of the Great Depression, and his father. Great time to have a baby. Great time. Great depression. Great time. Great everything. <laughs> Great. I mean, why use the word gray? Okay, it doesn't matter. So his father died of pneumonia in 1937. Why Casper? Correct. Maybe his dad was Casper. Oh. I don't know his name. Oh. Casper Graham? No. Mm-hmm. Nope. Okay. <laughs> uh, da-da-da. So 1937. So Daisy sent uh, him, Jack, her son, to an orphanage due to their poverty because she couldn't take care of him. Right. They were, like, selling their children back then, right? Well, I don't think it was necessarily like selling their children. Just- well, I know there's orphanages, but there was also, I remember seeing a picture in my history book growing yeah. up that like they actually had like children for sale and would leave their children on the stoop and were like so desperate for money. They just thought like, yikes, our kids will be better off with someone else with money. Please give us money and take care of our children. It was very fucked up. But also like I had a history book that called the Civil War, the War of Northern Aggression. So like, I don't really know how accurate <laughs> it is um buy one get one apple core hashtag virginia so it's fine purchase of one child whoops 
Oh. Anyway, may or may not be true. It might. We might have to like take it to Snopes or something. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll see what everyone fucking sends us. We will see. Whoops. Okay. So da da da. We are here. He she sent him to an orphanage because she couldn't take care of him. Uh, she was pretty young, I think, like in her twenties. In 1941, she married, and a lot of people were sending their kids to, like, orphanages or care homes because it was either that or let them starve. Right, and, right, right. you know, there was a hard decision. But in 1941, Daisy married a man named Earl King, who was a very wealthy rancher. And uh, she was suddenly living on this ranch. She was living a super prosperous life. Nice. Yeah. Like, finally had wealth. And um, she decided to leave Jack at the orphanage and not bring him home. Mm, I was going to say, did she bring him back or? Nope. Okay. In fact, she left him there for 13 years. <gasps> when Daisy's third husband, that that rancher, Earl King, died and left her his inheritance on top of everything else. Nice. Daisy became a successful businesswoman, but despite her newfound wealth, she still left Jack at the orphanage. Yikes, that is no good. No good for 13 years. While she and Jack's <clears throat> older sister, by the way, lived comfortably on the ranch. And the sister got to stay home and live with her. So only one of them is in the orphanage. The other one's got to come back. Yeah. Yowza. Not good. So it gets worse. Uh, Why? I mean, (laughs) we're only at the beginning of the story. BTW, there's more. Sometimes he would run away uh, from the orphanage because he was like, well, maybe if I go to her... She'll let me stay. Yeah, she'll let me stay. That's so sad. It's very sad. Wow, we both pick very lonely people. Yeah, it is, huh? Mm. Maybe they should have, maybe should have met Casper. (laughs) So he would leave uh, the orphanage because he was like, well, maybe like, um, she just can't come to me. Maybe she can't pick me up. Then she would, he would get all the way to the ranch and then she would send him, call the orphanage and send him back. Oh my God, that's so fucked up. I put a literal frown face because I just couldn't find any words to be like this, how fucked up this is. Oh my gosh, worst mom of the year. According to the Denver Post, when uh, Jack was eight, his mother had him sent home from the orphanage to celebrate Christmas, She and she got him a pony. Oh, so you can't have a home or a family, <laughs> but you can have a horse. So he got home. He got a pony. Um, he was thrilled. He was like, I'm finally home with my mom and my sister. And then after Christmas, she sent him back to the orphanage. Without so, the pony. Without the pony. Wow, what a fuck you. He, what a fuck you. He went home. It's like, this is actually your sister's pony, but we can call it yours for now. Isn't that rough? We'll rewrap it She's later like, when you're I'll gone. I'll bring you for the holidays. It's like, it's like, it's just beyond. Like, I'll bring you home <laughs> for a week and then uh, you can go back to where you, you can came go home from. and tell all the other orphans about how great I am. About how you have a pony and they're going to be like, yeah, right. Like, you have a <laughs> pony? Oh, and a mom. Oh, and a sister and land. Bullshit. Right? But um, no, actually you don't. But now you're in this orphanage as if, right? It's, right. It's insane. So this poor kid is going back and forth and every time he tries to go home, his mom like doesn't want him. So he's just repeatedly rejected, which not pretty, not good. When he's 16, he forges his ID papers and he tries to get into the Coast Guard but he's discovered and he's kicked out, so he's rejected from the Coast Guard. At age 19, he is finally out of the orphanage. He forges checks worth $4,305 to finance a road trip, but he ends up in jail for two months in Texas after he's arrested for bootlegging and running a police roadblock at 100 miles an hour. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know how you Whoops. do Whoops! Apparently he was, like, also stealing whiskey and, like, crossing state borders. I don't know. I mean, he was trying to live a life. He... Listen, he acted out a little bit. He's had a rough life. Well, do you blame him? No, not even a little bit, to be honest. No. I'd be like, okay, same. I don't, <laughs> you can't have a family, so you might as well have whiskey. Bootlegging whiskey? Like, psh. <laughs> I mean, he had a rough life. I get it. 
So he's extradited to Denver. His mother pays most of the debt of the check forgery. And he's granted probation because his mom's basically like, uh, his mom like basically pays to be like, oh, it's not a huge deal. Right. Let him off easy. So he attends the University of Denver on and off, doesn't complete his degree, but it's just kind of like he's smart enough to like, even after all the shit he's gone through, like he gets into college, he's right working towards a degree. Hustling. He, hustling. He meets his wife. And her name is Gloria. In May 1955, he opens the drive-in, like a drive-through restaurant or drive-in where you like drive and you park and people bring right. you food, basically. Um, and it's called Crown. Like Crown. a car park? Is that what you're talking about? No, it's like a restaurant. Like in like in Greece, like when a they would... Sonic. Oh, yeah. Okay. Where I you like park saying. and they bring your food out. Got it. Like on maybe rollerblades. I don't know. Sure. And <laughs> that's what's in my head. The Crown A drive-in. Um, and his mother had actually built this place specifically to give him a place to manage. Wow. So you have enough <laughs> money where you're like, let's just create a random fucking business. Yes. Um, yes. So my son that I don't love can have a job. But also, like, you know what could have cost less than that? Funding him at all. Besides that pony. <laughs> Giving him the pony and letting him have it for Giving a year. Giving him a pony and a business, but not love. Correct. Got yes. It. So she's like, here, you can manage this restaurant. And like, after all the shit is like, here, handle it. <laughs> so, blah, blah, blah. As you can imagine, like, things aren't easy for them. And they're constantly fighting. And like, things are not good. And they're arguing in front of employees. Um, and then in the early morning hours of Labor Day of that year, there is an explosion. Ooh. And the restaurant explodes from a mysterious gas leak. And it turns out police say someone unscrewed a fitting from the main gas line. But since the insurance couldn't figure out exactly what happened, they reluctantly paid for the damage and the restaurant was never reopened. Mm. Then that same year, uh, a couple months later, Daisy, the mother, uh, Jack's mother, announces that even though Jack and his wife, Gloria, just had another child, a baby, and uh, they're trying to, like, rebuild the family and stuff. She says, no, I don't want to spend Christmas with you. I'm going to fly to Alaska to be with your sister. Of course. I mean, are we surprised? <sighs> no. We are not. You and he I, is? You and I are not surprised. I mean, it's still not a good feeling. Like, sure. you know, she's gotten him this restaurant. She's, like, trying to, you know, help him be... Oh, she also lived in the basement of his and Gloria's house. So mm. she's basically, like, a tenant in their home. Um... And she's also their landlord, and she's also running this business that he manages. So, like, right. she's all in their lives, and then he's like, okay, we have a new baby. Mm -hmm. And she's like, mm, no, I don't want to spend Christmas with you. <laughs> I don't want to spend Christmas with you. I'm going to visit your sister, who, again, was the one who was always at home and got to live at home. Right, yeah. Uh, when he was in the orphanage, and, you know, there's the all one that she of, likes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's also so all sorts of uh, family issues there. So... Jack takes her to the airport. He and his family, his wife and his kids, walk Daisy to the United Airlines gate. Uh, he kisses her goodbye. Daisy has Jack go to. This is where it gets wild. So back in the day, airports had these vending machines. Mm -hmm. Like at all? Vending machines? Dead vending machines. Okay. But they sold life insurance. Okay. <laughs> that was a wild time, I imagine. So basically you would go to the airport and um, before you got on the plane, you would like put in quarters and buy a life insurance plan. I feel like a plan that's worth quarters is probably not a good plan. I mean, 
that's just how it worked. You would just get on the plane and you'd be like, oh, put a couple quarters in, get a life insurance plan because you never know. Uh, it's 1955. Like, planes are kind of new. Who All knows right. if I'm going to survive? I mean, it's very dark. Right. But I also, I mean, I guess that's smart. Like, I mean, it's good marketing if you're in an airport and, like, planes are new and, like, you are putting yourself in a jet that's going to go, like, hundreds of miles an hour. Fair. But then you're also reminding everyone, like, hey, by the way, you you might not survive. <laughs> think about your grandkids. Like, that's so fucked, I think. I don't know. I think of it as practical. I think like of it a morbid as, practical. as just my anxiety can't handle it. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm like at a vending machine at the airport and they're like, which earbuds do you want? They're all $75. And I'm like, great. I can't even handle that. Right. But now you're going to try to sell me life insurance. Overpriced no. life insurance for no. quarters. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, he takes her to the airport and she sends him to the vending machine to buy life insurance. Nice. Yeah. So he buys a plan for himself, one for his sister, Helen, and one for Daisy's sister, who's his aunt. Mm -hmm. And uh, I put in capital letters with quarters because apparently quarters could buy you life insurance policies. Yep. Um, so then he and his family walk her to the gate. Uh, he kisses her goodbye, watches her board. And then he takes uh, the inf their infant son to the observation deck to wave bye to their his grandma as she flies off in the plane. Um, and this is at 6.52 p.m. Mm -hmm. And just so you know, these vending machines with the life insurance, they existed into the 80s. So really? this is like a very common. I feel like I remember my mom talking about these before. Yeah. I, I'm guaranteed I've heard her talk about them before. I've just, it's such a bizarre fact to me that I think I put it in the category in my brain where it's like, probably actually wasn't discussed. You just imagined it. Yeah. Well, it seems like unfathomable, but like apparently it was a very common thing. I, I originally put it was in the Zach Baggins Museum, but then I realized I think it was in when Blaze took me out for my birthday, took me um, to the like dearly departed tour mm -hmm. in Hollywood, like the, the yeah. death museum tour. Um, I think they have like uh, actual slips of paper that are like um, life insurance purchased at the airport, like oh, United cool. Airlines life insurance. Nice. And so I think that's where I saw it. I'm not positive, And Blaze is like, I don't know. So I was like, great. Okay, thank you. Um, but it, I've seen, like, the slips before. It's very weird. And it's very just like, oh, here, remember your mortality as you walk onto this airplane. Which I just feel like now, especially after 9-11. And hold its worth in your pocket. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like it's so, like, after 9-11 especially, it's so just, like, visceral to be like, oh, remember how you have family and kids at home as you board this airplane. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, back then it was just normal and now it's like you don't want to think about that as you board an airplane right. i don't know it's just really wild to me um so anyway daisy boards united airlines flight 629 um along with 43 other people so uh jack and his family go to the airport coffee shop for dinner after dinner jack excuses himself to go to the bathroom where he throws up hmm. okay and as they're leaving the restaurant they overhear a man in coveralls say there's been a plane crash uh-oh yeah. Jack and Gloria asked him what was going on, and he had no details, but he said he's sure it's a United plane. What happened was, minutes after takeoff, this United Flight 629 exploded and plummeted to the earth over Longmont, Colorado. Oh, no. All 39 passengers and five crew members, all 44 people on board, were killed in the explosion and crash. Um, 44 people in total. The victims ranged 13 months to 81 years old. Oh, no. It's not good. In the episode of Investigation Discovery, they talk about, like, how 
it was this young boy, like 13 months old. It was his first plane ride ever. And he was going to see his dad who was stationed in Okinawa and had never met his dad before. And his mom was oh, taking shit. him to like, the base to visit. And then this one 20 something year old was like moving to Portland for his new job. And there are just all these people who like either. And I guess United had like recently released like a big advertising plan of like to try to like lure people away from train travel to air travel Um, that's not gonna work yeah to say like oh well this is the new mode of travel so like a lot of people on this plane had never flown before jeez it's just not good it's really 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 fucked up and there was like a woman who's 22 and pregnant like Mm. flying to see her family like it just was really bad so um all 44 people unfortunately were killed um, they talked about like the plane crash itself and um, I guess it crashed in a place like a residential place. So people like heard the crash and went outside and saw actual plane seats with Ugh. bodies in them. Yeah. Like in their yard. Yeah. Um, and since the plane exploded in the sky, it wasn't a normal crash where it crashed and then like the debris spread from there. It right. was like it Everywhere. exploded in the like sky. It rained. Exactly. So it like spread out much further than it's like bodies rained. Yeah. So it was Yikes. like a much farther spread <clears throat> debris and disaster than usual. My ex's dad used to, well, he still does, but um, he investigated airplane crashes. Ugh. That was his job. And so like, I remember some of the stories he would tell about like, you know, just, you see just bodies dark. just slumped it's over. It's really rough. Oh it's my dark. gosh. Yep. Yeah. They talked, they showed like charred like airplane seats that yeah. had like people in them. I mean, it's really fucked up. Um, Ooh. so it was actually America's first like commercial airline mm-hmm. crash. Like it was oh, a wow. huge deal. Like it was like the, the first, first time. Crash. Yeah. It was the first time this has like happened ever. Um, so it was like hugely sensational and it was like, I mean, every single person on the plane died. This was unfathomable, unfathomable. It was something that like no one could have expected or like prepared for. Um, so immediately the FBI is like on it and is like trying to, you know, there are 44 people dead. Like this is Colorado's biggest mass death up right. to this point in, his- oh, wow. in the history of the United States. So the FBI shows up and they're on it immediately. And they said in the show that like they would walk around like trying to collect all the debris and it's this huge radius and they would have uh, investigators shine a flashlight every time they found a body and this oh, one guy said like no. it was just like lights all over this huge enormous like plot of land people were just like turning on flashlights it's really Jeez. really fucked up um and at this point field agents were like trying to figure out what happened they have no idea they basically start going passenger by passenger and going to all the doors of relatives co-workers like anyone friends neighbors who knew all these 44 people that were on this plane because they don't know where to start um and they start asking about seriously sensitive subjects like do they have suicidal tendencies like what are their mental wow what's their mental health status like do they have relationship troubles difficulties at work like every little thing and imagine like being someone who just lost like a loved one or whatever right. and you have like fbi interrogating you um so it's just like hugely invasive for a lot of people right and also at that time too no one was asking questions like totally that, at that like at that time. suicidal tent i mean you don't talk about that kind of thing yeah. right so at this point they have realized that like this is not an accidental mm-hmm. crash something so they, happened right so they they went through the plane and they were like well maybe it was um was there security at this point 
Mm, not really no i want i wonder what <laughs> no. like a tsa system even looked like then like you just show up and go on the There's plane no tsa yeah wow so they really like, went from nothing to everything to eight thousand percent yeah wow. so they're like um well it's not a fuel tank because i thought maybe the fuel tank exploded that was their first thought of like well it must have been an internal issue with the plane wasn't so then um they find like some debris and they smell firecracker and sulfur and they're like okay this smells so- like smells intentional intentional and so they're like something happened mm-hmm. so they start again interviewing all these people and their coworkers, and then they looked so they couldn't really figure out like they couldn't pinpoint what was going on from there so instead they uh try to look at who would benefit financially from either a plane crashing this plane crashing in specific or um the death of somebody on board mm-hmm so at first they're like, oh, well, this might be like a union issue because the pilot apparently had like crossed the picket line when these like unions were mm. protesting. And so they were like, well, maybe someone was like pro labor union and was like pissed off that this United Airlines guy was. Right. So they thought maybe it was that wasn't a good lead. They looked into everyone who had life insurance. It wasn't like, um. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary because, again, like, everyone fucking bought life insurance from vending machines Yeah. before they got on a plane. It was just normal. And I guess somebody said, like, it was like putting coins in a wishing well. Like, if you bought life insurance, like, nothing would happen. You know, right. like, how you buy, you yeah. don't buy insurance. You're like, this is the time I'm going to crash, like, right. a rental car or whatever. And so they're like, well, we would just put in a few quarters and be like, well, now we're fine, you know? Right, right, right. So their next step is to track down the luggage. So they find this like Samsonite suitcase and they're like, this is where it smells like sulfur and explosive. So they decide they need to find where the suitcase came from. So basically what they did was they, the FBI interviewed baggage handlers who had loaded the plane and they were like, mm, and right, yeah. at this time, like they didn't track who put which suitcase on. Like there, yeah, there was, was no system. Nothing. nothing. <laughs> they just fucking put them on the plane. Like, you know, what's so weird is that as you're talking about this, I just watched the undercover boss episode today of frontier <gasps> airlines. And they were talking about like bag handlers Shut up. and like how they each, like every person has to like write down exactly how many bags and what type of what? bag, like they have a whole system for just bag handling now. So yeah. And this, at this point they didn't even know who like, Right, they were like, maybe the bag got there. <laughs> Who even knows whose bag this is? Like, they don't... Right. Right, they have no... Exactly, they have no... System. System at all. So, basically, they happened to... The FBI just, like, happened to strike gold with this because it just so happened that one of the handlers had lost his keys while they were, like, loading the bags in the original city. I forget what city it Very came from. Very convenient. Very convenient on the way to Denver. So, when the plane landed in Denver, they were like, okay, let's take this whole cargo load off to see if we can find these keys so they unloaded all the luggage from that specific cargo hold which was number four and then when they couldn't find the keys by the way <laughs> they never oh, found well, keys <laughs> ew, that's still that's still kind of morbid like just fishing through like dead people's clothes and just a bunch well this of... was before oh oh, oh, oh. no this isn't sorry, sorry this was the plane had like traveled through like three or four cities Got and then by it. the time it got to Denver, I thought you meant post crash. No, no, it was like, oh god, no, really no, 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 digging no, no. through some of like. <laughs> oh, definitely no, 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 no. Okay, okay. So it was like it. when they landed in Denver, where Jack's where Jack mom was. got on the plane. Got right, it. right. So they had, where they bought the insurance. Exactly. So they had taken all this baggage out of number four, and then since that one was empty, they were like, okay, well, everybody who put baggage in in Denver will just go in number four. Got it. So they were basically able. I don't. It's a little confusing, but they were basically able to figure out that only 
uh, the cargo four was only filled with baggage from Denver, and there were only three bags. Okay. So uh, only three bags. Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine? And um, of the three bags, only one had been extremely heavy mm. and they just interviewed the people at the airport and there was like they the woman was like yeah this one was just like super heavy it belonged to this lady like she just remembered that it was super heavy and she had to pay extra to like wow. load it onto the plane exceeded 50 pounds or <laughs> yep no it literally by 30 pounds was like too heavy for the plane um so she had to pay extra for it and they were like well this is the only one that was heavy enough to hold a bomb and that person was daisy king Oh, so she was the one that happened to have the heaviest bag out of Denver in cargo for. So do they think she did or do they think Jack? So they went to her family's house and they were like, what is going on? Right. So Helen, Jack's sister, says, you know, my mom has always had like suicidal tendencies. She's had like volatile mood swings. She's kind of gone back and forth. Like and they explained like, you know, she was kind of not a great mom. Like she kind of abandoned jack and like there was just all this shit so they were like holy shit like maybe she truly lost it loaded the plane with these explosives (laughs) and was like oh this is my way out you know yeah and she had also told jack to like buy life insurance before she got on the plane she gave him the quarters to be like go pay for this so they start going down that path um and then people while they're researching this, people who knew the family started reaching out to the FBI and telling them that they should look into Jack, her son. And they said he and his mother would often have screaming matches in front of employees at the restaurant. And it turns out Jack had actually been working for the same insurance company that had insured the restaurant when it exploded from that gas leak. Remember? Yeah. Just so happened he uh, had worked for the insurance company and had actually benefited from all the insurance money and had mm. received it. So they were like, hmm, let's go down that path. So they learned, looked into him, learned about the forged checks and like the whiskey that he had stolen and the right. all that shit. So they decided to start researching his home and his family life. So they go to his house and they decided to talk to Gloria, his wife. And basically they say... Is there anything at all? So they're, they have him outside. And the one guy's like, let me go inside for just like a glass of water. Right. And goes sure. to talk and to like the wife. And like also to interrogate. And also, yeah, let me like get secrets out of you. So he goes to the wife and he's like, hey, so like, do you remember anything from that day that like maybe your husband doesn't remember that might be super small that like maybe he forgot? And she's like, no, I don't think so. And he's like, anything that like mm-hmm. maybe he didn't mention. And she goes, oh, well, there is one thing like it's really sad because he was doing such a nice thing for his mom. Um, and they're like, well, what is it? And she's like, well, he hid a present in her suitcase. There it is. <laughs> it's just like, oh, there is one thing. <laughs> what? And it's just so sad because you think it's the 50s, like, just so innocent. Like, he hid a present in her suit. Like, it wouldn't even occur to her at this point. Like, she, did, it just didn't even cross her mind that, like, that's so sad. That could be incriminating. It was just like, Oh, yeah, you know, he left her. It's just so tragic. He left her a gift and then yeah. it got, you know. And she never, she never got, got to, to open exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. So they were like. It opened itself. It, it opened it for her. Yeah. So basically they were like, oh, really? You know, so uh, he hid a present in her suitcase that apparently he wrapped in Christmas wrap. Because, again, he said he was going to visit uh, his right sister instead of uh, stay home with him and his new newborn baby. Mm-hmm. So he wrapped her a nice gift in a Christmas package. 
So the FBI immediately goes through Jack's house, all his belongings. Um, they find the life insurance policy he bought at the airport, and they realize that uh, it's a, worth a lot more than he initially claimed because a lot of people buy these for a couple quarters, these, like, mm. um, policies, but they're worth, like, the minimum amount. Turns out he put, like, a shit ton more money than he said he bought at the time a $37,500 life insurance policy, which today is $343,000. Wow. Just for himself, like if something were to happen to his mother. Then they start going through his stuff. They find spools of copper wire. And he's like, no, we use that at the restaurant all the time. Okay. And they're like, uh, nope. Uh, so they go to a nearby hardware store and like show a lineup of photos and the guy at the hardware store is like no that's the guy i sold this to and it's him Mm -hmm. and he said oh by the way i also sold him dynamite (laughs) well that'll do it (laughs) talk about those early like casper cartoons just like (laughs) dynamite on a railroad like it just sounds so cliche also let's talk about like old school honesty in front of cops just oh yeah there was no technology it was just an honest word that got the job done totally and also just like honesty of like oh yeah here you go here's some dynamite oh yeah by the way you just give me five bucks and i'll remember back when you just go buy dynamite here but here's some wire and dynamite right yeah i don't need to know what you're gonna do with it oh you're going to the airport tomorrow here's some dynamite like what (laughs) the actual fuck oh not funny but also no but this is literally what happened true it's true it's like, it's, take care. <laughs> just beyond me. So, I mean, but at the time, it was just so beyond concept that you would even yeah. do something like that. So anyway, they interview him and they're, you know, they interrogate him and it does not take him long at all to confess. He basically breaks down that day and is like, yeah, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. He describes the bomb. He gives details that were confirmed by investigators. And he tells prison doctors, he's put in prison, he tells doctors that, quote, he realized that there were about 50 or 60 people carried on a DC-6, which is a type of plane. But the number of people to be killed made no difference to me. Oh, It could have been a thousand. When their time comes, there's nothing they can do about it. Oh, my God. So, like, whoa. Like, nobody knew he was this just cold and, like, fucking hated his mom. Like, nobody expected this from him, even his own family. And at the time, now this is even more crazy. There is no, there was no federal law in the books that prohibited blowing up a commercial airliner. Nothing said blowing up. Because why would that ever happen? Because why, right? Nothing said blowing up an uh, an airplane was illegal. Mm-hmm. So, um, because I mean, nobody could fathom that anyone would do that. They were like, I mean, it's like when cars were first invented. They were like, why do we need? No one would think of seat belts or like right. windshields. They were just like. Oh, we're just driving around. It's like, like how hotels were like, we shouldn't have to tell anyone to not put their hangers on our mercury fire. And then water Linda sprinklers. shows up. Yep. Linda <laughs> checks into the... Ramada. Ramada. Okay, I thought Ramada, but then I'm like, but that's what people call my mom. Yeah, I wish it was your mom's. So we could say Renata at the Ramada. Well, I was going to say, people always call my mom Ramada as like a joke. So Aww. I think it's kind of a nice match that Linda would go to the Ramada and fuck shit up. I'm pretty sure it was the Ramada. She, it, wherever it was, she was banned was for a while. Marriott or Ramada, <laughs> I remember. It was one of them. No, <laughs> the other one she like had, um, she did $30,000 in water damage. No, that was the one she did $30,000 in water damage. And then the other one, um, she pepper sprayed an entire floor. Right, that was I love that one. Because she pepper sprayed into the ducks, and then yes. everyone got pepper sprayed in their rooms. Test their pepper spray. 
You know what? People wonder how how I made it, how I am this people way. Wonder, and it's like, look, she was my like sole caregiver. And now so. I, I hope people wonder how I travel with you. Like, I hope people are like, great. Let's Christine doesn't from- let me have hangers or pepper spray. <laughs> I'm like, move from A to C. How does Christine factor in? Oh, God. Who knows? We'll find out. Yep. It'll be a fun. Let's make an MTV show. Okay. Uh, so it is not illegal to blow up a fucking airplane not yet so they're like how do we even prosecute this right so there's literally Would they you don't just give him like 50 death sentences or no he was okay 50 counts of murder he was sentenced for the murder of his mother and that's it that's it because they could not convict him for the murder of these other people Why not? because it was not in the books to like that blowing up a plane couldn't they just use whatever no, law because had already been created all, about bombs in general? No, because all he basically it was like he intentionally wanted to murder his mother. So mm-hmm. they were like, okay, so he intended to murder her and he did that. But he also brought down a plane mm-hmm. which killed these other people. And that just wasn't even on the books. And there was just not there was literally nothing they could do. Wow. So he was not convicted for their deaths, but he was uh sentenced to death. Okay. Well I mean I mean, at least I mean, something. It, it happened. It. I mean, he, he ended up killed forty-four people and didn't give a shit. Right. Karma so, came back. Yeah. Yeah. So he attempted suicide in his cell. It did not work. So he's put on twenty-four hour watch. And the trial that followed. So he was convicted in sixty-nine minutes. And that trial actually resulted in Colorado becoming the first state to officially sanction the use of television cameras to broadcast criminal trials. Mm. Which is the first. And then he was executed in the Colorado State Penitentiary Gas Chamber Okay. on January 11th, 1957. Before his execution, he said about the bombing, quote, As far as feeling remorse for these people, I don't. I can't help it. Everybody pays their way and takes their chances. That's just the way it goes. And incidentally, when the FBI or when the police or whoever originally told him that his mother had passed away, because he was actually the first person the first family member or relative to call United to ask about the plane crash. Cause he mm. had, he knew, I mean, he knew about it. So he was the first person recorded to ever call and ask deep for details. And, um, when they told him they believed everyone on board had passed away and they were like, I'm so sorry. All he said was, that's the way it goes. And wow. hung up the phone. So, uh, that's what he said about all these 44 people dying. He just said, that's just the way it goes. Whoa. He was executed in January of 1957, um, which was only four months between four months after the actual crash. So within four months, he was tried, executed. Right. And that was that. On July 14th, 1956, Dwight, because of this case, Dwight D. Eisenhower signed a bill prohibiting the intentional bombing of a commercial airline. Okay, which go is Eisenhower. Just wild to think that that even had to be like passed into right. a bill. But like, yeah. So after this, Eisenhower was like, yeah, like, you're not allowed to do this, by it's the like, way. By the way, in case it, we had to say it, <laughs> and, no bombing planes. And by the way, this is America, so yeah, we had to say it because someone's going to fucking do it. Like, right. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, now it's illegal. And I actually read a really interesting line that, like, kind of just fucked me up after this because I was like, that makes a lot of sense because this really fucked with my head. Um, and it was basically that, oh, this is in the... Um, investigation discovery show and it basically said like 
that for human, like the randomness of all these people dying causes greater fear than the intentional murder of his mother because like you can place yourself on the seat of that airplane yeah because it's not like oh well someone's targeting their mother i'm not a part of that it's almost like it's like you're a sitting duck pawn totally like i could just get on a plane and this could happen to me yeah which is exactly why i think like that and like 9-11 all these like things that these acts of terrorism are like holy shit like it's anyone it's random it's not like an intentional any it could happen to anyone yeah yeah um, so I just thought that was really interesting. Um, and so the Denver radio station KDEN uh, owner Gene Amoli and Rocky Mountain News photographer Maury Engel arranged to sneak a camera into the old Denver County Jail um, for an interview of Jack Graham when he was reunited with his wife Gloria before his execution. Okay. And he said, this is what he said, I loved my mother very much. She meant a lot to me. It's very hard for me to tell exactly how I feel. She just left so much of herself behind. Oh, my God. And it's like, dude. Oh, my God. What are you talking about? Yikes. You literally murdered her. What? I don't know. It's just beyond me. Um, And that is the story of Jack Gilbert Graham and... And the beginning of the TSA. (laughs) And the beginning of, like, hey, we're all scared of airplanes. Holy shit. Yes. Although, I guess people were, from the beginning, buying life insurance. Like... Right. To be honest, if they put one of those vending machines, I'd probably put a couple quarters in yeah. myself for, like, good luck. I don't know. All right. All right. So Eva has found me a, thank you so much, an Aquarius horoscope to uh, match Jack Gilbert Graham. Yes. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, you have such a nice clean. I keep thinking it's, like, Gilbert Great. <laughs> I know. I, I It really comes into my head every time. Also, Eva's computer is a lot cleaner than mine. <laughs> okay. Da, 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 da. Oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Jack, listen up. Finding a secure place to rest eludes you now. <laughs> it would be lovely to report that your domestic scene is like a placid field of wheat. Oh, my God. Flowing in the gentle breeze of a gorgeous autumn sunset. <laughs> so emo. Holy Love it. fuck. <laughs> Unfortunately, a tractor comes by and begins the harvest as soon as you find a spot to recline. Wow. Your best bet is to flee the foundation and take refuge in the foreign. Whatever that means to you. I don't even want to know what that means to him. I mean, I guess his mom was the tractor, if you think about it, in his life. Yeah. And then he just turned the tables. And then he ran off to the airport and made a big mistake. Well, and he made them crash into... Did I say that? They crashed into a bunch of fields. Yeah. Okay. It is not a time to plant yourself. It is a time to fly and grow. If you sprout anything, sprout wings. Well, he sprouted. What? Why? (laughs) Wow, Eva. Did you just write that? Ew, 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 ew. She probably did and posted on HuffPost and was like, here goes, Christine. (laughs) She probably holds that sway. That was I would not be surprised if Eva creepy. writes on Huffington Post. She just, like, doesn't tell us. <laughs> um, I actually meant to add, like, another creepy fact is that he had actually set... So he actually, when he built the bomb, he put, like, a ti- like a kitchen appliance timer on it. Because mm. that's, like, when back in the day you had to put, right. like, an actual, like, hand ti- crank timer. And he put, like, a 60-minute timer. So he, like, drove his mom to the airport, like, super last minute. And she's, like, freaking out that they're going to be late. I didn't even add any of this. But so, because I didn't know where to put it. But um, 
they got to the airport and her bag, like I said, was too heavy. Yeah. And so apparently the woman behind the counter, like basically, I just imagine that like Delta worker that I always encounter who's like, um, your bag's too heavy. You owe me like a million dollars. So apparently she told them they owed $27, which like, wow, for now is a lot of money. So I don't know, like back then that was a lot of money. Yeah. And she's like, your bag is 30 pounds heavier. And again, like, remember, he was like, oh, right. I put, and he told his mom, like, I put a surprise gift in there for you. So she's like, oh, well, they told me, um, she told, tells Jack, like, they told me I need to either, like, pay $27, which was a lot of money, or just, like, take some stuff out and they'll ship it for me freight, like, via the train. Yeah. And apparently he had to talk her and the employees out of opening the bag, opening the bag and taking stuff out to ship yikes and had to talk his mother into paying the 27 dollars. and he basically was like listen when you get there you're not gonna want stuff missing like you're gonna want to pay for it da, 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 and like talked yeah. her into it and it was a little icky because like one thing i watched was like well if only she had opened the bag it wouldn't have happened i'm like dude it's not her like yeah victim blaming clearly right like this was not on her um and like he was like no mom like you're gonna want to keep everything and make sure it's all there so she's like fine fine i'll pay for it and it was just, like, that moment of, like, they almost opened it to, like, move stuff out. They would have caught it. And it was – and the, apparently the plane was delayed. And, like, he had set it for 60 minutes so that, like, apparently he wanted the the plane to be in the air. The plane – well, he wanted the plane to blow up above the Rocky Mountains so that, like, it would be impossible to track. Oh, no. But the plane was delayed by half an hour. So the plane crashed, like, above, like, a residential farmland area. So, like – it was just spread out, but it was, like, in a residential Searchable. spot. Exactly. And it wasn't, like, in the mountains like he planned. So that also, like, led to him being arrested. Anyway, I just thought that was, like, just a crazy detail Ooh. with the timer and stuff. So, yeah. Fucking Jack. Sprout some wings, man. And um, I guess his last words, I looked up his last words, and they were just, thanks, Warden. Ugh. Yeah. And then uh, they didn't give me his last meal. I don't know if they did that back then or not, but they didn't list it. Uh, yikes. So that is the story. All right. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> You're so welcome. Um, I hope you enjoyed. Thank you guys for listening. And if you have not yet bought tickets to either our show in Boston or possibly our show in New York, if it's still available, um, buy tickets to both. Especially buy <laughs> tickets to the Boston one out of my paranoia that nobody's going to come. So please buy tickets. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, also, Philly. Yes. Still. Yes. I think we have a few tickets left for Philly. Yeah. All right. So November 7th in Philadelphia, please also help us sell that out. That would be great. Um, that would be great. It would be great. It would be. Uh, that's it. Check us out. ATWD podcast. And that's where you drink at gmail.com. And that's where you drink.com. Is that it? More or less. Yeah. You know, you'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys. Bye guys. And that's why we drink. Cheers.